Welcome to In Their 20s, a podcast for people in their 20s. My name is Landon Campbell, and I'm your host. And today we spoke with Brittany Davis, who is a general partner at Backstage Capital. Backstage Capital focuses on investing in the best founders who identify as women, people of color, and LGBTQ. Backstage Capital has invested in over 170 founders. Brittany has the experience, she has a wonderful professional journey, and she has so much advice on what entrepreneurs, founders, and people should be doing in their 20s. Before we jump in, we have a very special guest who's going to be assisting with our interview. We'd love for her to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Jalisa Phelps. I am a senior at North Carolina A&T State University. I am also a summer 2021 BBCC cohort member. BBCC is the Black Venture Capital Consortium, which is focused on funneling Black and Brown students into the VC and startup space in order to have an impact on the next generation of entrepreneurs and investors. So let's jump in with Brittany to hear about her personal advice for people in their 20s. Hey, Brittany. Hey. So nice to meet you. How are you doing? Good. What originally got you so intrigued with finance? And when did you really know you wanted to have a difference in this field? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting question because it forces me to go all the way back. So this has always been something that's part of my purpose. And I find this is an interesting question for a lot of particularly VCs and VCs that come from a more underestimated background. Um, this work tends to be very purpose-driven uh, for folks. So, so I grew up in Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina, um, and was always actually familiar with Durham's Black Wall Street. So mm -hmm. Durham, North Carolina um, has one of the Black Wall Streets in the US and kind of different from Tulsa's Black Wall Street, Durham's was always catalyzed by the financial industry. So, you know, growing up, I heard about the, you know, the first Black owned bank and the first Black owned um, mutual fund. So, you know, Black folks could get banking services um, invest and insurance, all of these institutions, just these two main ones started in Durham, North Carolina, but within a four block radius of each other. And knowing about how much of an impact that these institutions had on the community to start um, small businesses, were able to get loans, uh, families were able to, to participate in the financial ecosystem. And you just saw this level of flourishing of the black community that you didn't see at the time. And I had always grown up with that as, as kind of a backdrop being from that area. So, you know, thinking about my background, I always knew that, you know, knowing finance and having access to capital is, is the side that I wanna know because I can see that it does catalyze so much opportunity for folks that do have ideas, uh, that do wanna build things. And if I could just have the money, which I didn't have growing up, if I could just have that money, I would be able to direct it into ways that uh, were positive for people that look like me and in my community. Of course. So, you know, it started from way back, way back then. And um, so, and then I went to, to college, I went to University of Chapel Hill, right in that area, and stayed close to that story uh, of, of kind of understanding more about the business behind Black Wall Street. So this is a very, very foundational for me. Um, I did an independent study about minority entrepreneurship that ended up uh, being featured pretty widely in the community at the time because no one had really looked at it from the perspective of how does it change and evolve? Because if, if it was so successful in the early 1900s to really catalyze 
such strong business, you know, what can we do now? Um, you know, Durham, North Carolina is in a, at least a place where it is revitalizing, but there was a time where the community suffered quite a bit, especially the black community. How can we change things? And, you know, I turned to finance again and I was like, okay, if we had some more institutions that could provide capital to folks, um, you know, on the personal side, as well as business, you could really kind of spur a lot more economic development in the area. So, you know, I took those learnings and then went into investment banking in my, in my 20s. So most of my um, 20s were spent uh, learning finance from kind of the, the Wall Street perspective. I worked at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch uh, during the financial crisis of 2008-9. All of that craziness kind of shaped uh, my foundation and knowing like the financial system but also how money moves and seeing, I, I joined it from like the trading side. I was on one of the trading desks and then I moved into middle market banking. So focused on transactions, you know, anywhere from 10 million to in the hundreds of millions was Bank of America's like middle market banking where there'd be companies looking to either expand or invest in new technology, those sorts of things. And I think after working there for almost five years, I realized that none of the companies that I was working with or investing in had leadership that looked like me. And I know for a fact that there are people in my community, uh, my family that I know personally that are working on things and how, how are they not ever getting into the system? So the 20s and that, that time frame for me was such a period of discovery and just like, you know, enjoying learning about finance, but not, it wasn't connected to my purpose quite in a clear way until I, I decided to go to business school and take some time to, to think about that a bit more. Of course. Wow. So, Very yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. kind of that, to get off of that kind of investment banking path, I ended up taking um, some time to pursue my MBA. And in particular, I went after going to Harvard Business School because that's where I saw a lot of leaders within uh, particularly the finance industry mm -hmm. and just corporate America in general. Like, okay, so these people are some of the top people uh, you know, that come out of these institutions as well as people I'm learning from. Maybe I can figure out how I can create that, that impact uh, within the world that I want. And then that was a period of exploration for me, which led me to getting more involved with small businesses uh, and not just kind of these bigger, bigger institutions with a lot, a lot of capital. Well, no, that's really great to hear. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into success. Um, a lot of things that people don't even discuss that go into success. Luck is obviously a big part, um, your network, your community. Um, but really, you know, I think one of the most you know, largest things that really contributes to success is in order to become successful, you need to be able to see success. Um, so it's really just interesting hearing about your journey, how you, you know, didn't see so many people during your time at Bank of America um, that looked like you, you know, that were running companies. Um, so you really wanted to change that um, and serve as a catalyst to change that. So really beautiful hearing that in your journey. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um... I also want to know, um, talking on diversity and the lack of inclusion, like what advice would you have for young women and just young people of color looking to get into the industry of finance? Yeah, I think 
it is something kind of addressing what, what Landon was saying. Unfortunately, we don't see a lot of ourselves in some of these roles, but I, I think I always saw myself succeeding in some form of business, finance, entrepreneurship, something like that. So, you know, even though I spent years, especially in uh, the trading environment on, you know, more of one of the trading desks working on Wall Street, you do not see other Black women, at least at the time, and this was, uh, you know, years ago, and I'm hoping it's getting better and better, but in most fields, Black people are still typically in the single digit percentages in terms of representation. Mm -hmm. So while that's the case, I, I still hope that people do pursue some of their, um, these careers. One, I think for financial reasons, I do think when you think about generational wealth and um, kind of resources within our community, the more people that are participating in some of these careers where you can make a lot personally, but then also be able to direct uh, money and channel it into different, different ways. I do think we need to participate even, even at higher numbers. So yeah, I just hope that doesn't discourage anyone um, from some of the, the experiences that, you know, you won't see a lot of yourself in a lot of business, a lot of tech, but I think we have some of the most to bring and some of the most to gain from really dominating in these spaces. Yeah, thank you. Also, a follow-up question is, how did you support yourself in those times where you felt like there weren't a lot of people around you who looked like you and you still wanted to succeed in this space? Yeah, I think like one thing that was helpful for me was finding other organizations where there were uh, resources and support for particularly minorities. Uh, mm -hmm. And when I was thinking about pursuing business school, I did a program called MLT. Um, and that was something that was really instrumental in helping me think through my career. Even mm -hmm. though I wasn't defining venture capital, everything mm -hmm. that I was saying was basically that path. And I think people who you know, were a step ahead were able to kind of inform and help me see that, oh, okay, maybe that is, maybe working with small businesses and investing is actually what, you know, what I'm actually saying is something that I could actually do. So organizations like that, I think in finance, there's also one called SEO, which is also very helpful for getting minorities into financial services and helping them thrive. Uh, so there are programs out there that, and that was foundational to me to actually participate in programs where there were um, other either students or career professionals that did reflect, you know, more of my background and I could see myself and, and you know, their experiences as well. And we just kind of helped each other succeed because it can be tough. Of course. Yeah. 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 I think the uh, quote is we can go further if we go together. Uh, instead of you yeah, know, you're by yourself. So, you know, I really love seeing the different communities that you had access to. Um, so you really could build your network with people that did look like you had the same goals, ambitions. Um, and of course that helps you go further. Um, so I think that's really powerful. And Brittany, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about some of the actual experiences that you have had um, after leaving Bank of America and before your time at Backstage. Um, you're a GP that have had many experiences at a few wonderful, great startups, organizations. Groupon, I believe, was on the list. Techstars, uh, Startup Institute. Talk to us about some of the key best practices that you learned 
um, during your time at those companies and how it really helps you communicate with founders today? Yeah, I think just developing as much experience um, and, and leveraging my own curiosity about certain industries and getting in and doing kind of all the work or any work was what my strategy was. So I really liked e-commerce and I was transitioning from more of a, a banking background. So ended up working in an internship at Groupon mm-hmm. and that was really intentional because I wanted to learn what they were doing. And at the time it was relevant. I think, you know, their business has kind of gone different ways over the years, but when I was evaluating like where to work or what opportunities I could find, you know, Groupon was actually one of the fastest growing e-commerce companies of its time. And I figured if I could just learn and do something there, I could, you know, add that to my own experiences as well as figure out, you know, where in this, there's something about tech that's interesting because I see people uh, being able to build solutions and products at such a rapid rate. So I want to understand that type of business and couple that with my finance experience. So, you know, being able to get in on, you know, a, a junior level and really plug in, I actually ended up really working fairly closely with the CFO at the time. And, and he gave me advice about being um, in your 20s versus 30s at the time. So I think that's kind of fairly relevant for this talk. But he was, he was saying, you know, find a rocket ship and get on it during your 20s. <laughs> like, and do whatever there, just grab a seat. Mm-hmm. It was his, his comment. And he said, you know, after that, you can kind of think about other things because you will have had that opportunity of riding a success, you know, riding the success to a point of, you know, your own career that you can attach that to. And he did that with Amazon and then came over to um, Groupon. So that was just another, another point where I was able to, to gain that some people that is a strategy. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. For me, I was still figuring out where I could plug in. So while I spent a short time at Groupon, uh, that led me to one, understanding kind of the, the tech trajectory of building companies so rapidly. And then two, I actually ended up launching my own uh, startup within the e-commerce space and did this during the business school time when I was actually at HBS because I had so many resources of other people that were just interested in helping students, especially from like an MBA program, thinking that they could have potential of, you know, launching something big. I think there's some um, support there that I probably got that I wouldn't have gotten outside of kind of a a support network like a school. So that allowed me to start a company, you know, got a co-founder, worked on uh, a tech product. We were building an AI solution for fashion e-commerce. So making it easier to shop online because I'm I'm addicted to shopping online, at least um, I try to scale that back, but I'm always finding myself like looking for things. So just helping consumers um, navigate shopping a bit better. That was the product. Uh, We were working on a, a voice solution in addition to the AI. So, you know, natural language processing, we could say like, hey, I'm looking for a black dress you know, size six, Um, these are the brands I like, making it much more of a consumer driven experience versus clicking all these boxes on different sites. Anyway, I had this big vision. I was able to deploy a product. Uh, We worked with a couple of pilot customers 
but ultimately it was very challenging and you know i had all the issues i had co-founder issues uh, i was running out of money because i'm spending a ton on business school how am i supposed to support a company and you know to make matters worse the only company that we were working with that was supposed to pay us actually ended up going bankrupt wow. uh, and they were yeah they were another retailer that just literally went bankrupt during the time that we were working with that so i saw the startup journey firsthand and that directly informed how I am as a, G, as a GP at a fund now, but also helped me get into VC because I met so many founders that were working on really interesting companies, but still struggling with getting into uh, you know, the VC networks and getting a first meeting with an investor. None of that was clicking for some founders that I knew personally, as we were all in the trenches. But I think somehow I navigated some of the early conversations with investors. And as my company was totally like, we were starting to wind that down. I was able to connect really strong founders with other investors that had never, ever met any people of color or women, um, early stage founders. So I kind of used all of these kind of different experiences and exploring, which all led to having this unique position in particularly the Boston ecosystem at the time, this was back in 2014, 2015. It was not diverse at all. And I'm, I'm hoping those numbers are getting a bit better in terms of diversity. But one, one very prominent VC that I met in Boston, um, he, he invited me to his office for a meeting to, to discuss my company. And I just got kind of real with him and I was saying, you know, many Black founders, Black women, Black people have ever, have, are you looking at or have you ever invested in or have ever pitched you? And he stops and he's, he's actually, he's very real with me too. And he's like, you know what? I don't think I've ever had anyone ever pitch me, um, any Black founders directly pitch me at all, have ever come to this office to pitch him for funding. And we both kind of sat there and it was like, what is going on if that's really your answer? And this is how startups are supposed to get funded, but you're not seeing huge you know, pockets of, of people that are working on really interesting stuff. So that was the kind of that like light bulb moment for me where I realized I really can be helpful with uncovering some of these opportunities where some of these VCs just have huge blind spots. They, they're not connected to diverse networks. Um, maybe they are also not understanding the potential of some of the markets, like consumer markets, that people of color or women are going after with their companies. So that's where I made that full mental shift that, you know what, I think this is it. Like I now understand and I'm connected to startups. I've had the experience and I know how money moves. Let me actually just work on that, getting into venture. So that was kind of that pivotal moment. Yeah, very interesting. You know, the founding journey can be very overwhelming at times, which is why if you are not surrounded by people who, um, you know, really can understand, you know, what you've gone through, um, you know, it can be difficult to figure out what you're doing. I understand that, you know, like many companies do fail, not only because you know, the idea is bad, but mainly because the founders give up. Uh, so I bet the entrepreneurs and founders within Backstage's network really appreciate that you yourself have been a founder. 
you've gone through it. You know, you've made the mistakes, you've pushed through, um, and now you know you can take that information to really assist founders today. So that's really great hearing. With all of our interviews, hearing about everything that our guests have gone through and you know like pushed through and been able to build. But you know, we always need to bring up what's next as well. So I'd love to hear more about the role that you currently have at Backstage, um, the impact that you guys are making in VC and, you know, what's in it for the future? You know, what are you guys looking to re get into company-wise, you know, founders, what founders do you want to work with? Um, and in, in addition, what sets your firm apart from other firms? Yeah, all, all really good topics. And I hope um, to shed some light on some things that are going on in the industry right now, um, since we're kind of at the front lines, I guess, of, of seeing what is evolving and in particular for uh, more underrepresented folks. So, so Backstage Capital, you know, we're a venture fund. We were started in 2015. So, you know, this is about five, six years ago before the conversation around funding underrepresented founders was as loud and as like prevalent as it is today. Uh, still, the, the numbers are not great. Still, I think Black founders still only get about 1% of VC funding, um, Latinx founders a similar amount. So unfortunately, not a ton has, has changed dollar-wise when you think about the whole picture of, percentage, of percentages, but I think there's been a lot of initiatives that have um, helped move the needle for at least looking for more diverse founders and funds like backstage that are founded and led by more diverse people. So, you know, net, if you think about the whole trend, it's actually quite good. Um, so backstage was started by Arlen Hamilton and Arlen is phenomenal in that she saw this opportunity that she could also really source um, diverse people of color, LGBTQ founders, women, and that these founders actually investing in them is one of the best investment opportunities because so much of VC is overlooking all of these populations. So she started the fund again back in 2015. I joined when she was looking to build out the investment team. And I was actually at another fund when I had met Arlen, we were both judging a startup competition. Mm -hmm. um, actually in, in Durham, North Carolina, we were in the um, Google Black Founders pitch competition as judges. So Google puts on a, a startup competition where they have startups pitch. This one in particular is focused on black founders. So I was invited to judge and so was Arlen. I was at a different fund at the time and the companies pitch and we're all discussing them and we get to like a top five. And then Arlen like in the judging room is, is like, actually I'm gonna just invest in the full top five companies. And then I look around and I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I want to be doing because right now, you know, in other funds, it's still hard to make those decisions and get some of the companies that I believe in uh, the investment. So, you know, there are tons of black founders, tons of women that I think are still just being overlooked, but Arlen was able to just write the check. I was like, okay, how do I work with you? So over time, um, when she was at a position with Backstage to hire and bring on additional folks to the, the investment team, she reached out, I said yes. So I'm now working at Backstage Capital and have been for the last, coming up on four years, 
And, you know, we've invested in over 180 companies and all of these companies are led by underrepresented, underestimated people in the ecosystem. So really excited about that. And we're starting to see kind of the, the wins from our portfolio. So it's less about the early days where we were proving that there's not a pipeline problem. Mm -hmm. like you'll hear in the industry, oh my gosh, then there must not be enough of these founders that are building venture, venture backable companies, big companies. And that was always what we were pushing up against. Like people said that, that there, there can't be that many. And the fact that we have built this portfolio of essentially the largest venture portfolio of exclusively, so just underrepresented founders, we've answered that, I think, at least to the, a lot of uh, people who are kind of watching our performance and kind of just seeing what Backstage is doing. And now I think we're starting to see some of the people we've invested in really hit big milestones, raise additional capital, and it's a really interesting time now that I think some of the market has said, okay, we want to fund more diverse individuals and now they're getting the funding. So I think there is a really exciting kind of shift in the market, particularly after 2020, you know, after George Floyd's murder, after people realized that there is racial um, you know, injustices across so many different industries, everything, if you think about it, within the VC space, I think people were looking to, you know, places where they can deploy capital to founders who have been overlooked. So I have noticed a, a slight shift. I hope it's something that's sustainable and something that people really think about in a more systemic way and it not just be like, a knee-jerk reaction and we get of some course. checks this year and then like not in the future. Um, but I will say for those who are interested in getting into VC um, or, or founders that are, you know, raising money, I think this is one of the, you know, it's been the most interesting time that I've seen for more diverse people uh, really making headway in raising funds. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, Every other week, it feels like I'm seeing some headline or you know some announcement of a, a VC fund that's led by you know a person of color or a woman that's raising you know significant amounts of, of capital, which we weren't you know I didn't see those headlines five, six, seven years ago when I was starting in this industry. And then same with the founders. So you know if you're starting a company, I think this is definitely one of the best times uh, to be in in the industry, given that a lot of people are looking at founders that his, have historically been overlooked where they, they weren't looking before. So, you know, that future is, is looking better than kind of the, the unfortunate, you know, being underrepresented under in the past. I think those numbers are starting to shift. So yeah, excited about that. Of course. No, we've seen so much, um, you know, so much come out of the past year. I know we still have such a long ways to go, but it is really reassuring to hear that Backstage is at the forefront of this. One of the companies that's really leading this next generation where we can have so many more, um, you know, companies supported, both supported and run 
by black and brown founders. So thank you so much. And by the way, I really should, probably should visit North Carolina. Sounds like so many exciting things. I haven't been, but <laughs> sounds like a lot of exciting things are going down in that city. So Brittany, those were all the questions that I had, but uh, this was such a pleasure, you know, hearing about your professional journey um, and hearing about you know, the impact that you have been able to make in VC and of course, everything that will be coming within your career. So thank you so much for joining the show. It really means a lot. Yeah, thank yeah, you. So thanks for having me. I appreciate all the questions and um, hope you found this, this useful and definitely excited for people to learn more and get more involved in either startups or venture, especially from our communities. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Thank you so much for streaming today's episode of In Their 20s with Brittany Davis. If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, make sure to subscribe to In Their 20s wherever you enjoy your podcast. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're everywhere. Make sure you're following In Their 20s on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter for golden inspirational nuggets to start your day off the right way.